What's good with you? I'm Johan Francis CSCS. This is Ego Killer. Thanks for joining me on the show where we talk everything you do in the gym to help you move better outside in life. All things that we do inside here that affect us on the outside, they kind of commingle. And this is oftentimes the nexus where all that stuff does commingle. A lot of the times, I encourage people to leave whatever they had going on outside the gym, right? Or at least purge it when you're working out really hard. Put it in the forefront of your mind. Get in the moment. Get active with it. Even if you're out there right in the outside world doing your workout, purge it, get rid of it, and feel a little bit better. Egos. We leave those outside the gym. In fact, some of the best places I've gone to work out in, especially when you're talking about with fight gyms, have been places where there ain't no ego. Those are the places where the best kind of work with each other, where iron truly does sharpen and forge more iron. It's in those places. We leave the ego outside. We leave all the disturbances and distractions outside the gym. But we definitely come as we are. Meaning, if something shitty happened on the outside, we're going to feel it as we start to work out. I know you guys have had similar kind of circumstances. And I want you guys to know that that's the move. That's the play when you're, you know, when you're on my side of the, you know, of the work here. When you're coaching and you're encouraging people. It's like, I want you guys to feel like you can bring yourself, come as you are, but leave the baggage on the outside because yo it just takes that moment for us to feel a little bit better oftentimes this the gym this is the filter it's the siphon right where we get to feel again when we didn't before all right so i mean sometimes lifestyle stuff happens it could be anything out there right and that happens and we have to find a way to get through it inside the gym most of the time one of the most influx Lifestyle things that happens is our pocketbooks. Sometimes, unless you're making an extraordinarily good living, right? Especially in these dim times, right? If you listen to the news a lot of the economy kind of all up in flux with inflation and all these negative things. Right now, the pocketbook kind of kind of looking kind of foul, I would assume. And that's totally possible. It is something, it is a reality that a lot of us deal with there are so many stats out there about how in this country if most people right and i'm guessing that's greater than 51 percent of people ran upon some type of emergency right at one point before all this crazy inflation went down four hundred dollars four hundred dollars is what you guys would have to spend on an emergency four bills and that's it if that was a five hundred dollar emergency right you need a new radiator and you drive Like, I used to drive a Charger. I think my radiator was close to $400, right? Or if you drive, I don't know, like a BMW or something. Um, Any type of emergency. It's $500. We're screwed, right? Emergency money is only $400 deep. That's a pretty ominous prospect for a lot of us. But if your pockets are on the low because of outside forces like that, right? You have some kind of automobile emergency, you get into an accident or whatever it is, right? Maybe you saved up for a real long time, you're going on vacation, and that's gonna tap your resources a little bit for a worthwhile getaway, right? Maybe you have a family emergency where the family crisis start to tug at your balance sheet, right? And start to siphon those dollars away because you're trying to help a family member prevent some type of hardship from going down, 
You guys have been in that situation, I've heard, right? Myself too. Maybe there's unpaid parking tickets that sneak up on you. You get a parking ticket. You get a moving violation. All of these things are going to tug at your pocketbook like a puppet, puppet master. And so we want to be able to manage that. All of these things can happen. But one of the biggest, best, I guess, non-consequential ways that we do manage our pocketbook on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, in fact, is with those groceries. Like, that's the place where we can balance everything out. You had one of those bad things go down this week. It was kind of a hurting-ass week <laughs> where, where you had to spend a little, you know, ooh, it turns out I need all four of my rotors. I was ignoring the, the squeaky stops coming up to the stop sign. It sounded like someone was whistling on a basketball court or something, or I thought it was a crossing guard. Nope, it was my brake sign. I need four rotors. Whoops. Right now, I have to make adjustments in my groceries. That's what a lot of you guys do. You got here making adjustments for your groceries. It's where one week you're like, I'm gonna go ahead and get the premium roast from Columbia. Right? I'm just gonna try this one out right quick. I'm gonna get two of these. Right? So one week you're up. And you're like, hey, let's go ahead and get. Let's opt for the wagyu. One week, and then the next week, it's like, mm, going to pass on the hand-whipped gelato or whatever it is. This is literally feast and famine. But because we go shopping on average, statistics say that, yo, 90 bucks a week for a family of two, uh, a family of two people, 90 bucks a week on average is what you spend on groceries. Well, sometimes it's going to be 80 and sometimes it's going to be 120, right? And it all depends on what. The pocketbook's light. If your pocketbook's on feather, we pass on all that premium stuff. Well, what if you're really getting active? What if you're in the mix looking for more protein? What if you're buying or previously were buying protein supplements? Well, this is something that I explored briefly on my website. Not the show website, but on CoachJohanCSCS.com. If you go there and you find my protein master guide, I talk a lot about Everything you need to know about protein supplements. I preface it with, you know, determining if you need to do that or go that route in the first place. But then after that, we start to talk about or I start to write about the ins and outs of purchasing it. And I want you guys to understand this. If you're already on this protein thing, it's going to cost you. Your pockets can't be on feather if you're buying protein supplements. I mean, at its cheapest, I went through and I determined that. At its minimalist, you're going to be spending 15 bucks a week extra, and that's if you get ser uh, single-serving protein packs, the type I used to pull up with and sell. <laughs> 15 bucks a week extra, right? And if you're talking about that 90, that's a good percentage. That's a good percentage extra of your bill. It's almost a whole 15% extra. That's a big, big come up if you're going to be buying protein supplements. Right? I mean, there are full-blown countries where protein status is so low because of the state of poverty and whatnot and everything like that and processing meat where folks don't eat as much protein. There are full countries where you don't get protein at every meal. Of course, according to, you know, Omnivore's Dilemma, here in America, we have too much to eat a lot of the time. And that actually gives us more 
reasons to mess up on our diet because there's just no rhyme or reason to why we eat. We can eat everything. It makes the decisions a lot harder. However, by and large, that's a good problem to have. I want that problem before I want the other problem. I want the problem of having too much protein than not having enough. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to take a look at the most cost-effective ways to incorporate protein into your life. And we're going to take a look at alternatives right quick to see which ones you're going to go off of. How many of you guys are still taking protein supplements? Every now and again, I'll talk to you and you'll ask me if, I, if you should. And I got to ask a couple questions and qualify that. But every now and again, it'll be like, oh, should I be taking protein supplements? Mostly my answer is going to be nah. You could pass on that. Get you some BCAAs. Get you some amino acids first because, you know, they're complete. You're going to get all types of protein building. It's more directed towards what type of protein building you need to get when you have full-blown amino acids, right? That's the move I'm probably going to tell you to make. Of course, you want to always take something in its constituent broken down titrated form or titrated form. Um, and that's amino acids when compared to proteins. Amino acids make up protein, right? So it's like, yo, go to the source. But what I want to do today is, okay, let's say you go to the gym and you're going to buy something right there. You go to the vending machine right next to the checkout desk. You're going to pull up. You're going to buy something real quick to help you with that good um, catabolism after a great workout. want to put on and keep these muscles that I just went in here and did, right? Which ones are we going to buy? Which ones are we going to make sure that if our pockets are on the low, then we're not putting huge dents into that grocery bill, okay? Because look, how are you going to get your protein in if your pockets are on the low, okay? So the first thing we're going to look at is how much protein you're going to get for your dollar. Yes, this is a metric. It is. This is a phenomenal website. Um, I found way back. It is called efficiencyiseverything.com, right? There is literally a table that this man set out, and he put all the proteins that are real popular and how much they cost per dollar. Now, there's another step you got to take. But basically, you can look at the chart and see how much the protein is going to cost per dollar, and he even breaks it down on that site how to figure that out. The first thing you'll notice is the first protein up on there is muscle milk. So everybody remembers the muscle milk. It's that gym staple. When I started training in the big box gym, muscle milk was right around a corner. It wasn't like new-new, but it was new. And so everybody would go and drop three bucks on your muscle milk. That was back then. About $2.53 in 2006. And I remember the muscle milk was intense because it was like 25, 28 grams of protein in this one carton. And it tasted like milk and it was great. Wasn't it? You guys messed with muscle milk. I know you did. How many women out there messed with it? Let me know. Go to the website. I'm curious now. Um, just spontaneously curious. But muscle milk, by side of sport, which was whey, was like 28. Now... I do believe that they sell that stuff in like 40 or 50. On a side note, okay, on a side note, if you figure out how to put protein in anything, and especially around the time, you know, of Muscle Milk's kind of inception, the more you can fit protein in 
like fruit drinks or coffee and things like that, the more money you're going to make inside of nutrition. This has just been kind of a nutrition overhaul. It's how much protein we can kind of cram into regular foods. That's the new revolution of sports nutrition. Um, you got an idea, you want to put it in the Jolly Rancher, some kind of candy, um, and have it taste palatable. Well, guess what? You could be on Shark Tank or <laughs> something where you're making a pretty good living. So in any event, when we look at this muscle milk, what we see is it's about um, uh, 25 grams per dollar. And we're looking at 200 uh, calories per dollar. So every dollar spent, $2, you get a full meal from your protein supplement. And that's pretty pretty decent. I mean, you get a lot of protein for that. We're looking at 25 grams. We're looking at that being a correct amount for us doing post-recovery, right? Maybe you're not into the supplements. Okay. I believe taking in bone broth is something like this where the servings are about 17, 20 grams per serving. And you can have a couple of those and get a lot of weight. And so that's pretty cost-effective right there. On the list, you have other types. You have impact whey protein that's also up there. But most of we're going to take a look at a couple more. So that's number one alternative for something like a muscle or something like 25 grams per dollar would be something like bone broth. Okay. And that's pretty cost effective. Well, and if your pockets are on the low, low, this is something that could get you by. Well, there's other ingredients on this list that we take a look at. We see like with micellular protein, 600 calories per dollar, pretty, and we're looking at 13 protein per dollar. I mean, that's that's a lot of calories. That'll feed like a family with that type of metric right there. 600 calories per dollar. I'm not sure what micellular protein is, or casein, is casein, of course, a type of protein, but man, I mean, you're talking about feeding a family with this type of, with this move right here. So number two, we're going to take a look at the average. On average, what we're looking at is 10 to 13 grams per dollar for these supplements. All right. 10 to 13 grams per dollar for most of the supplements out here from bodybuilding.com or vitamin shop or anywhere that you can pick up a supplement with the powder and about a hundred calories per dollar. And you say like, that's not, you know, that's okay. hundred calories per dollar is pretty good. You know, that's not above and beyond. That's not a reach, right? Um, but if you're looking to supplement with protein, we're actually, that's decent. What you want is actually to look up 25, 20 grams per dollar of protein, something that's higher on the caloric scale. And so most of these, right, right there. But we're also getting more bang for our buck if we stick with cereal. If we still stick with the milk that, I don't know, you guys like the oat milk, you guys like the silk, the almond milk, whatever it might be, the soy that you're going to get a decent amount of protein there too and probably a lot less cost per dollar. I didn't break it down, but off the top, I already know this is much more efficient. And so what are we talking about when we're talking about you know, uh, 
10 grams of protein per dollar at 130 calories per dollar on average. Well, we're talking about adding a supplement to our to our groceries and is it worth it? On the real, for these guys, for that average, it isn't worth it. All right. So when we're talking about that average, probably not worth it unless those supplements come with a ton of extras, extra vitamins, you know, they come with, you know, some extra little ginseng, help your memory out, you know, maybe a little creatine, whatever, some extra, some extra nutrients, some extra macronutrients, macros. Then we can actually see that the cost effectiveness is worth it because then you're not just talking about protein. We're talking about a lot more than that. So that average of 10 to 13 per dollar, 100 calories, not enough. Because, again, if it's like 500 calories per dollar, I mean, you're talking about a meal replacement at that point. And, yo, meal replacements that are that, like, deep, that are that light on the pockets, right, that are feather on the pockets, that can actually help you out when you're trying to lose weight and you're into the meal replacement. Me personally, I'm really going to sit with you and try and discuss how we're going to do the meal replacement thing. If it's protein powder, if it's a drink, what it is, and what we're going to do on the outside of that. Meal replacements aren't something that you naturally go to, but it is going to be what you choose if you're buying protein supplements. All right, So I do want to preface it and make sure that there's that asterisk right there. And then the last thing I wanted to point you guys toward on this list from efficiencyiseverything.com, making moves when your pockets are on the low and you're still trying to get protein, you're probably going to stay away from Carnation Breakfast Essentials from Costco. This just has it as, uh, like from Costco, but I'm sure you could buy it anywhere. 15, so we're talking about like 8 grams per dollar. Not enough. And you're talking about 400 calories per dollar. Dollar. Which means, what are we getting with all of that? With that for that dollar, basically, you're probably getting a lot of fat, probably getting a lot of empty calories, things of that nature. If it's an essential breakfast, chances are you're also getting a ton of vitamins. So there is maybe a cost effectiveness there, but this is definitely like a meal replacement, but not a good protein supplement at all. Ones that are closer to that effect, uh, we got Mass Tech Extreme Muscle Tech. Muscle Tech, the Fame, the Vaunted, the Lionized Muscle Tech, right? Six grams per, 300 calories per dollar. Probably going to skip that one unless it's got, again, some kind of super supplement buried somewhere deep down on the ingredients list, right? All right, so these are the moves that we're going to make if our pockets are on the light in order for us to get our protein status up where we need it to be. These are the moves that we're going to make. We're going to look for something that's higher, 20, 25 grams. We're going to look for a decent amount of calories because, look, we don't want empty calories. Never. Not when we're eating with uh, protein supplements. I also wanted to make one kind of distinction is on this list. You didn't really see a lot of the organic -y, you know, Nutra this and hippie <laughs> hippie status that or granola this and that not on this list at all a lot of the organic brands weren't on this list probably because yeah your calories are going to be really low per dollar probably going to get less bang for your buck and frankly if you're talking about uh, plant-based sources in that way too so organic and or plant-based sources talking about rice protein hemp protein pea would be the exception you're not going to get as much protein per dollar so combine those two things, right, where you're getting all those plant-based proteins and maybe they're more organic, right, or naturally sourced. I mean, that 
calorie per dollar is going to plummet, and so too is the uh, protein per dollar. So that's why they're not on this list. But, I mean, again, if your pockets are on the light, unfortunately, you think of those as quality brands or quality kind of sources. Um, there's much debate about that. Maybe I'll do a show on on the uh, you know the real cost of organic and natural versus what we're getting on a daily at your supermarket on on deck on average. Maybe I'll do something on that later to talk about why organic food is so much more expensive when it shouldn't be. That'd be very kind of cool to parse down. But look, those brands might be slipping. <laughs> like it should be more common for us to be able to get those organic y granola-esque plant-based sources of protein and have it be really worth it for our price per dollar or calorie per dollar. And we're not. So just know that if you're looking to keep it on the low, low, you might have to look, break down that ingredients list with the magnifying glass, figure out what's in there. You know what I mean? And try to stay away from the stuff that you can't pronounce in that way. All those chemical sources and everything like that. Also, just understand that you're going to get the most amount of protein per dollar from those inorganic sources or maybe the not most organically minded brands. Um, and that's the move to make. So let me know if you guys stick with this one. Head over to the website. And Coach Johan CSCS, well, that one too, CoachJohanCSCS.com, but Eagle Killer. And let me know how it worked out. You could fill out the form right there. Uh, if you like the episode, go to Apple Podcasts and rate it. I'll send you a free gift. I promise if you hit me with those five stars. And until the next one, stay up. <laughs>